0: You are listening to Season 2, Episode 3 of Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk and rock. It's Talk and Rock with GMH. Welcome to the podcast where we talk rock. I'm your host, GMH, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I'm sorry I'm a little bit late on this week's one just by, just by a couple hours, so not that bad. I've been dealing with some technical difficulties, which is completely normal these days, and i found a temporary solution, but I'm always glad to put out these episodes for all of you. Now, we have a great interview coming up next with musician Tyler Del Pino. He's got a new EP out, so stick around for that, where we talk about all his new music, which is super awesome. Now, Machine Gun Kelly surprised us with a new song called The Love Race, Featuring Mr. Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens. I love that song. It's one of my favorite Machine Gun Kelly songs for sure. Nice little surprise. And I think it could have found a place on Tickets to My Downfall, you know? It's, uh, it's It's a more upbeat pop punk song. And I just love the sound he was able to get on that. Kellen Quinn just killed it. Actually, was listening to "Sleeping with Sirens" this week. That's why I was so glad to have heard that song. And I think I first started listening to "Sleeping with Sirens" after I heard Kellen Quinn on Pierce the Veil song "King for a Day." I think that's what it's called. So yeah, that was a nice, uh, that was a nice little surprise. And also today, the Kid Leroy he released a remix of his song. Without To You featuring Miley Cyrus. I actually kind of like that song. And the version with Miley Cyrus I think is even better. I think Miley Cyrus just did a great job on it. Now what's happening with Miley Cyrus's Metallica cover album? I'm not looking forward to that necessarily. I'm just very curious to see how it turns out. I mean, it could be good because now when she plays live, it's with a rock band. Uh, or with a full band. So I'm interested to hear that album that she was talking about her Metallica cover album now this week's song of the week is One More Astronaut by I Mother Earth now I've been listening to this band a lot this week so this song is just a super recognizable one you know the first time I heard it I'm like oh yeah I know that song well I guess it wasn't the first time I heard it then but just a very recognizable song which speaks in its own way in the sense that lots of people are familiar with the song, at least like the pre-chorus and the chorus part. And it's just a super awesome alternative rock song. It just comes together really nicely. And it's been one of my favorites to listen to over the past while. I think I Mother Earth has a few, few other songs that I really like, like Rain Will Fall and Levitate. But besides that, I haven't listened to a whole lot of this band, but I thought I'd just give a uh, spotlight on this song for the song of the week because I really like it. So, yeah. Hey, everyone. So today, our special guest on the podcast is uh, musician Tyler Del Pino. How are you today? Not too bad, man. How are you doing? Good. Uh, so firstly, before we get into all the new great stuff that you're doing uh, with your music, Firstly, what got you started with playing music? Uh, mostly
1: boredom. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I was in, I was like with the kid in high school that never really had, went to like the parties. I didn't have mm-hmm. a ton of friends. Didn't really even like high school. So I was kind of like searching and without something. And it, it was like once I started playing the guitar, and once mm-hmm. I started playing music, that, it was like, oh, well, I could do this. This makes sense. So it just kind of took off like wildfire from there. Actually, just once I once I started, I was like. I never
0: stopped. Cool, cool. And uh, did writing sort of come along with that?
1: Yeah, like I, I don't know that it started right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, writing writing music, I think it, it, I think I was always a little bit of a writer because I was I was humming melodies and stuff like that even before I played an instrument, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of like humming along like you right. do in the shower, like you know what I mean? But uh, it was after I started playing the guitar. It was about six months in where I, I started actually like listening to songs that i was playing and being like oh, i i could
0: i could maybe do this you know i
1: could maybe write some of these
0: for sure yeah and uh well you started releasing music um i can see here um on your own in 2017 um if i go, i'm not sure if i got that right or not but um there's
1: actually an album that, that came up way before but i took it offline so oh. i like i th- I've been doing like solo stuff since, uh, well, I don't know about 2011, 2012, but I had a, I recorded this record and then I didn't think that it was like an accurate representation of what my sound was starting to evolve into. So then I just kind of took all the music down. Maybe one day I'll put it back up, but
0: (laughs) yeah. And about, well, while we're here about your sound, what sort of went into having a little bit of like a country singer songwriter type sound?
1: Yeah, I think I mean it speaks mostly to just the way that I write songs. I I'm a guitar player first, so I think that I like I tend to write songs on the guitar mostly. I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but you know, a lot of the time it starts on the guitar just because that's the instrument that I'm proficient at. So, I think like just even the style of of, of playing that I'm usually that usually comes out of me is is kind of in that country kind of folk vibe already. Um when I started pushing my music more towards like a country s- side of things, it was like I had started playing like sideman guitar for all these country bands. Like it it just happened like naturally it wasn't anything I was searching for. I just started getting calls for gigs and I was like, okay, I took one gig and then I took another gig and I actually didn't really even like country music before then. I was kind of like, I, I kind of had uh, a bit of a, an ego about myself maybe, or I just thought that I was like, ah, country music is not cool music or something like that. Um, and it, it was actually through playing in those country bands and having to learn all these different country tunes that I started to kind of come around to it and be like, oh, okay, like, you know, there's some cool music out there. There's some cool country music out there. And I think that country music up until that point for me had always gotten a bad rap. Um, but it was it was like through playing lots and lots of different stuff that I started realizing that, oh, okay, there's actually like some... Songs in here that I really, really enjoy. And there's some guitar playing that I really, really enjoy. And so it was just kind of a natural transition for me when I started actually recording the next project that I was going to be putting out. That, you know, I was already playing a lot of these licks. I was already learning a yeah, lot of yeah. songs
0: and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, so let's jump to your uh, new music. Firstly, what was it like releasing new music? Um, your first music for um, a little while in the the time that we're in
1: yeah in the pandemic yeah uh well i wasn't certainly wasn't planned that way but you know i i had planned to release this i planned to release this ep back in like june like june 2020 but uh but we all know what happened in march so so that kind of put a damper on things and i think at that period of time we were a lot of people were kind of like uh Should we, shouldn't we, you know, especially artists, like, you know, I I know artists that actually had like just released their record and then the pandemic hit. And then
0: it's
1: like, man, so I didn't want to be caught in that. Like I was at least lucky enough to like be like have the pandemic happen and then have a little bit of time to think. So I did delay the release uh, by a couple of months, but eventually I just kind of came to the point where it's like, well, these songs are mixed. They're done you know, I might as well start this journey again. So it was, you know, I didn't really plan it that way, but it, 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 uh at some point you're just sitting on this music and you're like, well, we might as well share it with the world, right? And so it, I decided to kind of put it out right around November is when we had the first single come out and then it slowly rolled out the EP over the next couple months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the lead single and I guess the title track in the end, um, can you tell us a little bit about that song and what made you decide to have that as um the lead single off the ep as well as the title track
1: mhm yeah that song was actually written like with the lot of songs that was on the previous ep so it's an older song um i i had planned on like following up the original ep which was called the great unknown ep i had planned on following it up with the single in the end mm-hmm. um but it was just like I don't know I don't know why that song never got done but I I like that song I had worked on for probably 2 years just like slowly chipping away at the production and I don't I I honestly don't know why it took so long but uh but it was just something that had been sitting around I got the the concept because a friend of mine um and me we were going to go and travel in Europe and we kind of wanted to film a, a music video while we were right. there cuz he's a videographer and and I'm a songwriter and we were kind of like well we could probably like you know kill two birds with one stone here um, so the idea was that I wanted to write a song that actually had something to do with, you know, why we were going there. And so when I really thought about it, it's like, well, we're going to Europe because I want to experience life. I don't want to just sit in my basement all the time. And so it just kind of evolved from there. And I started just thinking about like, you know, making the most of what the time that you got
0: that. And that's just kind of how the song came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, with the rest of that, with the rest of the EP, were those songs that you already had or, um... Did you just write them as you were recording or planning for it?
1: Yeah, some some of them some of them were written beforehand. Um, one of the tunes actually was written that summer, like the summer in August, like this le- this past August. Um, I was out in Lillowit, BC. That's jumping out of the nest. It's the it's the last track on the thing. I was actually part of a like a songwriting retreat or I guess it was a, it's not really a retreat cause we didn't go anywhere cause it was a pandemic, but usually it would be a songwriting retreat, but I was part of this like songwriting group and we were tasked with having to write three songs over the course of a couple months and like speak right. to different mentors and stuff. And so I was out visiting my brother, he lives in Lillowit and I wrote that tune, um, in, in Lillowit, just because the songwriting thing was still going on. So I actually took my whole studio out there and recorded that one. But all the other ones, I think I had had, like, pieces of them over the course of the year. And then it was just, like, when it came time to actually committing to the recording, I just eventually had to... I actually have, like, my my girlfriend-slash-manager-slash-everybody who... she's She's, like, my biggest champion. She's the one who, like, organizes my very, very chaotic brain. And so we actually looked at all of the songs... Uh, that I had and and she kind of helped organize and she's like I think that these I think that these ones kind of fit together as kind of a package and I was like okay cool well then we'll record those ones right and so there's still a bunch of other songs that didn't make the EP but that doesn't mean that they
0: won't come out maybe later yeah yeah for sure and um yeah so as an artist wh- who do you draw influences the most as an artist are there specific musicians or people that you Um, look to as an artist
1: yeah well my favorite band is the Beatles Um, that I think that's actually the reason I fell in love with songwriting in general is just listening to that band and the thing about that band is that when I started getting into them what really wowed me is I was like, wow, they don't have any bad songs. Like they're all good. They're all good for different reasons. And I know some people will probably debate me on that and be like, but but for me anyways, when I was listening to them, I was like, these, there's no bad songs. Cause I think that like, when we listen to records, I, I think it's pretty natural that, You know, you listen to a record and, you know, there's five amazing songs on it or something like that. And then there's a couple other sleepers or something like that. But the thing that wowed me about the Beatles records is that I loved every single song. And so that's kind of where I started getting into it. Um, But then like from from that point on, it just like it grew. Like I've got my, my musical tastes are so diverse and a lot of what I listen to isn't even what my music sounds like. But I just love great songs at the end of the day. Yeah, that's that's really what I just try to do is just write great songs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I was going to ask you about this uh, earlier, but I'll ask you about it now. Your uh, your song with Sierra Noble, a super well respected um, uh, musician from uh, Winnipeg. What made you decide to um, create that or or have that song with her on the EP?
1: Yeah, well, that was actually um, like my manager Elise's idea. That that was like totally her brainchild. I had that song. Um I think I wrote that song in 2017 and I wasn't even planning on recording it for this record I like I just didn't I don't know I was like ah slow acoustic ballad nobody really wants a slow acoustic ballad there's too many of those Um but it was when we were kind of like looking at the at the lot of songs that was that was one on the list that I was like ah it's probably not going to make the list and it, it was actually uh, my you know my manager Elise's um idea that she's like that needs to be a duet and I think you should do it with Sierra cuz Sierra had she was a like she was an artist that was kind of starting to come around our lives a little bit more. Like her her and Elise are friends, and you know, it was just something that we were starting to see a little bit more of each other, and it was it was something that wasn't like in the top of my brain, but it, it was certainly wasn't hers. And so when it came time to like picking the female for the duet, it was just kind of like she was right there. She was coming over all the time, right? So it was it made it made a lot of sense. And so I reached out and she was into it, and so we decided we'd do it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um with recording um with having that feature uh what was sort of the um i guess recording process for that feature
1: well you can actually check that out on youtube there's a whole documentary about it if for anybody out there that's interested in it but we actually we wanted to do it um by going into paintbox studio we uh we partnered with rusty Matias um who is you know winnipeg Everybody, most most people in the, in the musical community know Rusty Mattias. He's been around. He's like he's a producer. He's been in like every band possible. And uh, so he was kind of the engineer on the project. And we just we decided we'd take a camera crew with us. And uh, Sierra and I had never sung the song together. I had sent Sierra the lyrics and I'd sent her the demo, but we never actually got in a room to work it out. And we were supposed to, but then I called her back and I said, actually, I don't want to do that. I actually want to capture it on camera the first time that we do it. And so that's what we did. We went into Paintbox just one day, I think it was in September that we went in there and we brought the cameras with us and we just like sat down and that was the first time that we actually sung the song and it came together pretty quickly. Like there wasn't a lot of tweaks. It was nice to have like at least the framework of the song, but Sierra added all of her flavor into it and I didn't have to coach her very much. She's an incredibly talented musician. So she just kind of like ran with it. It was
0: great. Cool, cool. Yeah, and um, with releasing um, the record in um in the pandemic we touched on this before but also promoting the album and having that promotion whether that's with video social media how did you have to learn from um i guess using digital stuff to our advantage to promoting this album or this ep
1: yeah i mean social media is kind of like the number one thing that's the that's the day and age that we live in now um, I wish I could say I like it. I, I hate social media. <laughs> I really do. I do it because it's a net. Nece- it's necessary. Like I, there's no way that people are ever going to discover your music. And so, you know, you, I, I tried to, I try to like do it as, as with as positive of an attitude as possible, but I, I'm not the kind of guy that like sits and like pulls out his phone and it's like, I can't wait to share this picture. I actually forget to take photos all the time, pretty much everywhere that I'm at. So it's like, I'm, it's a conscious effort and I, I kind of have to fight against myself doing it. But I have some like rudimentary chops at like Photoshop and I know a little bit of like Premiere, Adobe pro and like, like those types of things. So I was able to at least make a couple of different assets so that when I was rolling out everything, it like kind of at least looked and felt cohesive, which is a big part of just trying to make sure that people understand what your songs are and and who you are as an artist, right? Because I hadn't released anything in about two years. So it was kind of like a reintroduction. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that everything kind of looked and felt good. So I you know I certainly enjoy the music a lot more than that side of things but you know it 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 kind of comes with the territory you can't be an artist without it
0: Yeah and um I guess without having live shows in a traditional sense um to have I guess any I guess there can't be any official plans with the state that um the world is in but um any any ideas floating around about um how you may you know, perform in the future um, after this is cleared up enough.
1: Yeah, well, I actually did a, a live video shoot a month, about a month ago. And I, it was the first time that I actually had played with a live band in like almost over a year, I think. And it was just the way that the EP got produced. Um, it was, I'll, I'll say this much, I'll put this point before I give to the next one. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a trumpet major. Um, I, I went to the University of Manitoba and and I have a degree in trumpet playing. I've never played trumpet really on any of my music, but for this EP, I played a lot of trumpet on it because it just felt right. So when it came time to actually organizing the band, I was kind of like, well, I kind of think I need a brass section now <laughs> because there's all this all these horns all over the thing. Uh so I had reached out to a bunch of different musicians, super talented musicians. But the funny thing was is when we got to the video shoot, I looked around, and it was like a nine-piece band. Um, It was a ton of fun, but I, I'm I'm not sure how sustainable it's going to be. But if, if I, if I had to like dream up and like, money is no obstacle and like everybody's available and everybody's good to do it, then I like, I would love to play with a nine piece band from now on because that it's like this, it's like, you've got this like family that's all dedicated to your music. It's amazing. So I really hope to do that. I'd love to play like the jazz fest or something like that. Like at the, uh, at the cube with the brass section. Cause I think it would slay. I think it'd be a, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um yeah. And like we talked about at the beginning about sort of, I guess, naturally ending up with this sort of country sound. Um, is uh, that something that you feel that you'll be continuing on with um, as you keep going on? Or do you feel that you're also going to be a little bit creative in certain areas?
1: Yeah, I think that I think making music is inherently creative. I mean, I, I, I think that no matter who you are or what you're what kind of music you're making, you're you're just always trying to, like, push yourself and challenge yourself Um, I think, I think there's, it's likely that there's always going to be a little bit of that country slash folk flavor in my music, but I've also done like lots of recordings that have like lots of pop flavors and, and like a little more electronic drums and stuff like that all over the recordings. So it's, it's really hard to say, uh, it it sounds cliche, but it's like whatever's right for the song, right? (laughs) I've heard artists say that all the time, but it's, you kind of just have to like look at the song and say well where where is my creativity taking me it, on this record it just took me in that kind of like americana folk country direction but who's to say who knows what's going to happen in the future i have no idea what i'm going to be feeling
0: yeah for sure and i love i love the sound on the on the ep a lot and um i ask this question every in every interview almost closer to the end but do you have any advice for musicians who are um starting out or bands that are starting out um so like any advice that you would offer up to, I guess, beginner musicians.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the, I can tell, I can tell them the advice that I wish I, I had told myself and it doesn't mean that they're going to listen, but I can, <laughs> cause I probably wouldn't listen to this. Um, manage your expectations. That's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, when I, I, you know, I'll be very, very transparent here. When I was 18, I like, I had an ego on my shoulders and I was like, there's no way I'm not going to have a record deal by 18. You know, like I was, so convinced. I was like, I'm freaking awesome. I write great songs. Everybody's going to want me. This is going to be great. Um, that didn't happen, you know, and it didn't happen when I was 20 and it didn't happen when I was 25. And it just like, as I got older, I started kind of like looking around and being like, huh, I'm, I'm still not getting noticed. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I think I think I kind of shot myself in the foot because I had these very grandiose expectations that I was missing a lot of the little successes that were right in front of me. You know, the success of first recording an EP, like for example, right? Like that's not easy to do. You write those songs, you go into a studio and you you make music and you put it out there into the world. Like that's, that is a success. It doesn't mean that, you know, millions of people are going to listen to it, but it means that some people will. And that's something that's worth celebrating. Um, I would play a show and there would be like, I don't know, 10 people there. And I would be like, oh, this sucks. Why can't I play to 500? But 10 people showed up and 10 people came to listen. And it's like, that's actually worth a lot more at the end of the day. So if like, that's my piece of advice. And I wish, I wish I would have done that a little bit more when I was younger. I think I'm getting better at it now. I'm not, I'm not amazing at it still, but you know, like there's, I, I think I just have a better framework of just understanding what the music industry is. It's unpredictable uh, there 's no guarantee in any of this stuff, and yeah. you kind of have to do it for for the journey you have to do it because the moments that you experience those are inherently special. And I think that they're worth celebrating. So any musicians that are out there that are listening to this and are like feeling some of those feelings that I'm talking about, just try to, try to celebrate the little moments, try to celebrate the little successes because they eventually lead to bigger successes. And, and you know, everybody's continuous is always on a continuous journey. There's no end here, right? Like the, you, there's no day that you're like, now I'm successful and I don't have to do anything. Cause that's just, that doesn't work. Right. You just always want to be creating. You always want to keep making music and you always want to keep connecting with people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, well, before we wrap up the interview, is there anything else you would like to add? Where can people find your music, social media, the new music, all that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, it's totally. Well, it's all on Spotify now. Um, so if anybody's got Spotify or Apple Music or Deezer or Tidal, I don't know. There's I don't there's too many to name anymore. YouTube Music is another one, Amazon Music. It's all up there. Um, so you can find it. It's just Tyler Alpino. You can find my socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Tyler Alpino Music. I do have a TikTok although I'm not particularly active on it, but I'm I'm trying to think of of what I can do for TikTok. I'm still trying to understand the platform <laughs> a little bit. I I I'd, I'd really like to do some like production videos or something like that, but I got to figure out how to actually film those properly. But so I think that's going to be coming. But uh, honestly, if if people out there dig the music and they they want to connect, I I literally love every message that comes in where people say, "Hey, I loved your song." Like I will get back to you. I promise you, I will write you back. Like there's there's no there's no part of me that doesn't like hearing that, and it never gets annoying. It's always cool. So I know that sometimes people feel like they don't want to connect with the artist or sometimes they're like a little bit hesitant or they just want to be the bystander. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's your style, that's cool. But if you do want to reach out, please know I'm happy to have a conversation because I, I truly just appreciate people listening to the tunes.
0: Yeah, and that's great. That's great. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Great. Thank you so much to Tyler Delpino for coming on the show. That was a great conversation. We've got some great interviews coming up soon, so please make sure to follow at Talk and Pod on both Instagram and Twitter, or visit the website www.talkandrockpod.com for more information. Like I said, more great interviews coming up soon. And that's it for now on Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk rock it's talking rock with GMH